like a craft beer through a pint glass. These are the gaze of our lives. A show where Lisa and Avery get out their gay decoder rings to decipher the gay alphabet and bridge the gap between the older and younger LGBTQ community and everyone fucking else. And now here are your hosts, Lisa and Avery. Don't blame them. Hey guys, it's Lisa. And this is Avery. And today on our episode of The Gaze of Our Lives, we have a teacher from the Indianapolis metropolitan area. Jennifer Dawn Marie Marshall. Very good. Very good, yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me on today. Well, thank you for being here. And no you are a trans woman, correct? Trans woman. And how long have you been out? I started transitioning about five. Am I supposed to look at the camera? Or am I supposed to look at you, you guys? You can look at anything. Okay. Anything you want. Just not back there. It's a pretty I've fascinating been, room. Uh, <laughs> I've been coming out for about the last five years at uh, my high school that I teach at. And it's just been a slow, gradual process. And uh, I'll have the name officially changed this summer. And uh, I had the operation at the end of last year. Now, which operation did you have at the end of last year? SRS. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Sexual reassignment surgery or gender confirmation surgery, whichever term you are more comfortable with. So does that, okay, so with him it's top surgery, yeah. correct? Yeah. See, and I'm just learning this stuff. So this is bottom <laughs> surgery, right? This is bottom surgery. Okay. Okay. That's it. I'm intrigued. So, like, what, I mean, so, I guess, leading up to that, I mean, you being a teacher, mm -hmm. how was that with students, like, you know, kind of going through that transition for five years and, like, really building up to that for you? I did a very nice, slow process of a change and just did sort of little things to change so that they would not get too frightened, they would not be too scared of me going through the process. I started wearing nail polish. I started uh, letting my hair grow. I started wearing female shoes, things like that. I did not come in all of a sudden on one day and decide that I was going to wear a dress. In fact, I've not worn a dress in class yet, although it'll probably come next year when I do my name change. My name will be officially changed, hopefully this summer. That'll be my last major step. Have your kids asked you questions about it? Like, are some, they curious about it? Some have. Some that were curious, some of them are interested, and there is a LGBT crowd at my school. Oh, there is? Good. Yeah. And they're com for some reason, they're comfortable talking to me about it. I don't know exactly why, but yeah. But anyway, uh, most of the other kids just have accepted me for being me. Uh, I've taught at this school for 20 years, so that I've wow. taught some of these kids as parents. I've taught older brothers and sisters and cousins, so I do have that reputation built up. And it's just been a slow, natural change as far as I'm concerned. When did you realize that you felt like you were born in the wrong body? Uh, about the age of 13 or so. Wow, it took this long to... Back when I was 13, which was about 1978 for those of you guys, uh, there was no word called transgender. You only had two different words, and I didn't fit into either one of those categories. Straight or gay? It was either transsexual or transvestite. Oh. Yeah, and I knew I didn't feel in either one of those two categories. Okay, so explain do you, the definition of those two for me, please, because I don't... Transsexual is what I have become. 
Okay. Transsexual means that I have changed my gender. I'll probably still go with the transgender term because it's more common now. Yeah. Uh, if you need to cut this part out, you may. Transvestite basically means that you wear female clothing for sexual enhancement, for okay. sexual pleasure. Okay. And they did not even come up with the word transgender until about 1992. I grew up in a very small town in southern Indiana, and the idea of anybody being odd, different, LGBT was just not going to happen. It was a very uh, conservative town, let's use that term, conservative town. And it wasn't until college that I could actually do research on what I was and who I was. And by that time, I was living the American dream of dating a woman, getting married, getting a degree, getting a job, raising children. So are you, now, I don't know, and I don't want, That's this fine. is, are you straight or gay? I mean, before transitioning, I guess. For it, some reason after the, I don't know. <laughs> for some that. reason after the surgery, I've found men more attractive now than women. Before the surgery, I was more attractive to the women. So it's a process that a lot of transgender people do, and they will change their sexual preference. Although with a transgender person, it's not who you go to bed with, it's who you go to bed as. I've always gone to bed as a female. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. That's good. No, I think that's like a very well-rounded explanation. Absolutely. And I've never been able to really kind of explain that to people. So I, I, that's like a very good... You may steal it. I, oh, <laughs> I stole intention. it. You may steal oh, it. Too. Yeah, well, it for sure. That's good. That's what teachers do is they steal things. Oh, and, knowledge, and we, but... And they give it to other class. people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We always do that. Well, I mean, that's just a really great educating tool because I think that that's something like, you know, because I think the best way I've ever been able to explain it is, you know, I love people how I was raised to believe a man should love someone but like that's far better I feel so until five years ago you lived as a straight man straight man and just felt wrong and, and, and felt wrong and didn't feel like I was in the right body and didn't feel like I was doing things the right way but I stuck around I was married at the time I was married for 23 24 years but I stuck around because I wanted to get the kids raised before the divorce happened and then once the divorce happened I started therapy uh, I went to see the therapist the first time as a straight male and we talked for about an hour and she said I want you to come back in a month as Jennifer and then I came back at the end of that month as Jennifer and at the end of that appointment she says you're transgender I'll write your letter now you start hormones Wow. yeah and I said well I'm not ready I don't want to start hormones yet. And I waited another five months before I actually started hormones. It's been a very slow process. Uh, even after I started the hormones, it was three years before I had surgery. So when it came to like, I guess even with your family, if it's a safe topic, when it, come to, when it came to like dealing with that with your family, did they see that coming at all from you? My family, my blood family, let's say, mm -hmm. still lives in that same town that I grew up in. So they don't even know that I've had surgery unless they watch this iPod cast. Wow. I did not tell them until a year ago that I was transgender and that I was going to start living as a woman. Now, they have been supportive. That's but at the same time, I don't depend on them for financial help. 
I don't depend on them for emotional I have friends that I call family around here and they're the ones that have helped me after surgery. I spent a week in a hotel after surgery just for the process of my family, my non-blood family. Uh, your cousin was one of them yeah. to take care of me until I was strong enough to actually come home. And I've been on, um, I almost said maternity leave. I guess I better not say maternity leave. <laughs> <laughs> they did a lot while they were in there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they can do all that. Yeah. And I've been on sick leave now for five weeks with two more weeks. To and your school's good with giving you the sick leave for that? Yeah. Does your That's insurance amazing. through the school cover it? Yep. That's the surgery? Amazing. Yep. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. My uh, principal and superintendent were very, very supportive. When I, my principal knew and we just had a transfer over of a superintendent. And when I told the principal that I, we needed to let the superintendent know what was going on because yeah. I wanted to let the faculty know what was going on, I got a message back from the superintendent that says, I'll meet you over in your room and we can talk about this and figure out what we're gonna do as far as the roadmap goes. And about a month to two months later, I stood up in front of my faculty and said that I'm a trans woman. And that the changes and the rumors and some of that stuff that you guys have heard, that you guys are know what's going on, that's what's going on. If you have any questions, please let me know. And the superintendent was in the room to support me. And the principal actually got up after I made that announcement and said several things. That is, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Exactly. I never thought I'd get that support from well, and that, a school. That says a lot about... 2018, 2019, yeah. though, compared to back in the day, even when I came out in the early, late 80s, early 90s, though, in comparison. Wow. I this never would have thought they would have been so supportive. This is the second school that I've taught at. The first one was a small Catholic high school. And part of the reason that I left that Catholic high school was because I knew that I could not yeah. come out. Mm. Wow. So... Before five years ago, right? Five years ago, five you started. Years ago. You just before that, you started just wearing. You didn't wear. You weren't. Were you very femme? I was not very femme. I would dress when the wife was away because the wife, of course, was not a supporter. Uh, I would dress uh, in the evenings. You know, I would hide it. All those good things, and it was just basically the underclothing to begin with. But when people saw you, did they see you in? think you were feminine? No, they thought I was a cis man. Really? Man. Wow. Man. I was part of the Boy Scouts. You did everything the way you were supposed, supposed to, to do. do. Yeah, because and I was it. trying to prove to myself that I was not trans. You were trying to fight it off. Yeah. So sad that, I mean, you're so lucky being able to come out so much earlier mm. in your oh, life. Yeah. I can't even imagine having to hide all those years and putting that big of a mask on. I almost commit suicide. I'm sure that that's. I've got the semicolon tattoo to prove. That's that's a big thing in in our community for sure, and especially I can't imagine with young young men who feel like they were born in the wrong body. I did just meet somebody whose whose daughter is four and is they're Catholic and they're letting her transition. Yeah. And knowing that she is born in the wrong body, and they're letting her go ahead with it, and I think that's awesome, and I would love to have him on. But oh, yeah. that's part of the reason that I don't mind doing these 
these podcasts. That's part of the reason I don't mind doing uh, trans groups down in IU. That's part of the reason I don't mind getting out and talking about it is because the uh, suicide rate is so high for the LGBT community and especially the T part of that community. And I want to show, I want to educate. I feel that's why I'm here, is to lead and to educate and let people know that it's okay. You can be trans. I just can't imagine, like, and again, I guess I can't imagine for how long you had to put that mask on, and then you even, like, forced yourself into this ideal of where people should be happy, and you oh, still yeah. can't even feel what you really wanted. How much better do you feel now? You've oh, got to feel, feel so wonderful. complete. I feel 20 years younger. I feel like I'm in my mid-30s just because I've got that pressure off, just because I've got that stress off, just because I can do things that I've always wanted to do. I can wear nail polish. Something that simple is just very, very enlightening, very, very easy for me because I've never been able to do it. I can keep my fingernails polished. I used to come home from school on Friday afternoon, polish my nails, wear it all weekend, and then take it off Sunday night so I could go back to school. What did your mom and dad say about that? Well, this was when I was, this was between oh, the divorce, college. yeah. This oh, was, okay. oh, later on, okay. Yeah, this was after the divorce. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm just assuming the divorce happened because of... Basically, one of the major purpose, or major reasons for the divorce was the that I was transgender and I wanted to go out. She is a Catholic. Mm. And that does have and a And she's not yeah. very accepting, let's put it that way. So. You said kids, so you kids. have kids. i got two. I've and? got one in the Navy down in Jacksonville, Florida. And I've got one in Huntington, Alabama, working security for Target right now. She's down there living with her boyfriend who works for them. How do they feel? Uh, my daughter is very, very supportive. She has no problem calling me Jen. She has no problem seeing me dressed as I am today. Uh, my son is a little bit more reserved, let's say. I don't think he's against it. I just think he doesn't want to see it. And he's basically the idea that if it makes me happy, then that's the thing that I need to do. Does your daughter call you mom? No. Okay. Both of them still call me dad, and if they want to call me dad for the rest of my life, they may. That's how they've always known me, and that would be... That's why I was wondering if it that would... Change. It wouldn't cause me any dysphoria, if you want to use that word. That's one term that I learned, too, <laughs> since all this. <laughs> I'm learning so much. I, I'm very naive about this stuff. I really am. And that's where this are. all came out, about come up, this show came from. Mm -hmm. Because when I came out, it was just, you were straight or gay, male or female, period, the end. Yeah. So I, I'm learning a lot, and thank God, because yeah. I didn't know. Even the LGBT don't know a whole lot about the trans community sometimes because we are different. Well, now there's a lot more commit, a uh, lot more after the T now. Yeah, oh yeah. And that's what we're exploring all those yeah. too. So. Well, it's just so funny because I mean, because you're right, really. I mean, the LGB obviously, I think that's an easier understanding even for like, you know, the those, the normal, the real, uh, heterosexual crowd to understand. Yeah. You know, the muggles. The me and my, Well, me and me and <laughs> my muggles. girlfriend call them muggles. So. <laughs> muggles. I you like need to read Harry Potter. Oh, I like that term. It's a great okay. well, because okay. it's just they don't. I mean, they're just they're. I mean, they're wrong. They can be allies, but then they're more like squibs. That's just getting into Harry Potter again. Oh my gosh, here we um, go. But I think that a lot of it. Um, it's just it's funny because it's like, you know, being exposed now to the transgender culture. Because you know, I've been a part of the like, LGBT scene for a really long time. But you learn so much more when you go to that extra letter, and then you realize all the other alphabet, yeah. and then all the other counseling that there is available for that. 
Um, because, I mean, really, because even within yourself, there's not a lot of education about it. So you have to go and seek certain sources. That's why it's great you're a speaker, because to have more voices out there that are like, this is fine. This is going to make you happier. You don't have to hide. You don't have to, you know, harm yourself. And yeah, that's exactly. a really hard thing to educate people. Well, for. and the fact that you just posted it, that they now have a, a transgender suicide line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they just came out yeah. with one. Yeah. That says a lot, though. I mean, finally, that they acknowledge, hey, this is a problem. We have this line out there for them, you know, which is good. But now, I don't mean anything by it, but I've heard that people sometimes, when they transition, that they have their Adam apple removed. Adam's apple, is that true? There's for the trans females, there's four major surgeries that we can have. One is the bottom surgery, which I just had in December. One, of course, would be boob enhancement. Three would be the facial feminization surgery, where they move around, fatten your face to make you look more female than you do now. And the last is this is the uh, shaving of the larynx is the official term of it. Okay, so that is something. That is okay, something, yeah. that makes it sound like such a severe surgery. Well, Sorry. Well, I don't think that al- sounds near as severe as the bottom surgery. And they can also <laughs> yeah. do the uh, voice box. To change your voice. Change your voice so it sounds more feminine. You know, I was wondering about that because testosterone does most of the work of that. For you're lucky. Trans- I know. Believe that me, way I know. You're lucky. I know, but then with I've always wondered because I know trans- it's not like you know it doesn't tighten back up necessarily. You know, what I mean, like it, your voice drops and it's because of um, like something your body does. I didn't know if like it could go the other way. So there's like, like estrogen a- changed your voice. Estrogen like, won't change my like, voice. Like okay, like it'll change my body hair. It'll change the fat and the, where the fat is sitting, so I'll look more feminine. So you get some hips. But it won't change my beard. I've got to go through electrolysis to get rid of my beard, laser and electrolysis, and it won't change my voice. Huh. I never, see, and I had heard that about the, the Adam's apple yeah. or a larynx or whatever you said, you know, but I didn't know. Yeah. If people did, have you done any of those other no. surgeries? Just the, the I just one. had the bottom surgery. Are you going to do the other ones? I don't know. My next goal is the name change. Once I get that done, I'll see if there's a need to go to any further. Because really, I, I, I mean, for my counseling, it's always been target your dysphoria, not the whole image that people put on, like being a male and masculinity and femininity and all that. So I think that, I think that's good to kind of pay attention and take it at a pace. Because I mean. You know, when I was when you first found the closet, I feel like you're very gung ho, and you really want. It, and I think that that's really like a very smart. And I think I, I like that you've been taking it so slow too, yeah. so you can really figure out and find your boundaries. So. Wow. So your dysphoria is just a. Explain that exactly. Is it just a certain thing that bothers you? Is that what the dysphoria means? Dysphoria. There will be different keys from time to time, depending on where you are in your transition, where you are in your spectrum, if you like to use that term. And it just depends on how you feel within your body. When I look in the mirror, I have a female looking back at me. Mm -hmm. If I'm not totally dressed like this and I'm out in public, most people see a male. And that causes me not to feel correct about my body, Mm -hmm. not to feel correct about how I do things. I was at the surgeon's office last Friday for a checkup date, and I got called Mr. Marshall. Yeah, Looking it was like not that. a good time. Yeah, I bet that was a blow. And that would call that causes me dysphoria, because that's not who I am. Even though it's still my legal name, it 
that's not who I am. Do you, please tell me you don't go to, when that happens though, you don't go into a, a fit or a rage or anything, no. do you? You saw that video, right? Of that guy at the GameStop? Okay, but to be fair. Is, but that's not what happens, is it? That's no. not normal. Is that no. correct? Okay. No, but that seems like that seems like a woman who has maybe been pushed to an edge with that. Well, that's, with what, I'm, I, that's what I'm saying. I didn't know if that's how bad it got. I, I don't know. It that's can. My that's it, what I'm saying. I think it, it can. can, but I consider myself a moderate in that I don't get real upset about such things. I know people are going to make mistakes. And she cor she quickly corrected herself oh, when I got up, and I was wearing a pink skirt and a pink sweater. By the way, she uh, apologized and got it right. Yeah. But I'm not one of those people. I don't want any special rights. I just want the same rights that any other woman has. I want to be able to use the bathroom that I'm comfortable using. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to walk down the street. I want to be able to go out to eat. I want to be able to be you, be me. That's all I want. I liked, we were at um, English Ivy's yesterday eating and I took a picture of the bathroom sign and it had the, we don't care, and it had half man and half woman that's on right. the sign. And, and that's the way it should be in my opinion. I think if we all had stalls, it doesn't matter who goes in where. It's not like you're going in there to what people think, oh, well, uh, no, they can't be in there with my kids going in there to go to the restroom and come out and wash your hands. I mean, that's it. Go to the restroom, wash my hands, check my makeup, and I'm gone. <laughs> it's just that You've simple. got a third step than I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, it's just silly because, like, well, I think it's like how people view it. Like, it's like, because normally the bathroom is obviously a vulnerable, vulnerable place for all of us, but what they don't encompass that it's a vulnerable place for all of us. Yeah. Right. You know, and I, and I, it's funny who gets uncomfortable with that to me, too, sometimes, and how people react like I, the first time I ever went into a men's public restroom this got man was like oh you're in the wrong restroom and I was like well I'm like supposed to be in here and then I just kind of continued my business and he watched me through everything and I left and nothing really happened he just you know it looked like he was at a zoo and so it's just like and I, I was know like, those looks yeah you know what I mean and it's and you get used to them kind of but at the same time it's like you really just want people to realize like you are in here for the exact same reason I am. And if you did anything that was interesting in here, I'm impressed because it's a bathroom. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, and I and I wish that that culture was different. I will say, you look very feminine Thank to me, you. so that must not really be that much of an issue now. Not now, but when yeah. I started transitioning, yeah. I looked more masculine, of course. I've not been on, I had not been on the estrogen as much as I have now. Mm -hmm. And that is what's helping to feminize my body to some extent. Yeah. No, I... Testosterone is very similar in that regard. Um, yeah, if I saw you out in public, though, I would absolutely call you ma'am yeah. or miss or her or whatever, but never would have would think to call you sir. I mean, yeah. I don't understand, you know, but I don't, you don't get that near that much, do you? Not anymore. But there's, you'll get it a lot with people who knew you as the other gender. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they have trouble sometimes remembering and transferring the pronouns over. Yeah, that's true. And it's nice to be able to go to different groups like that group we were talking about up in Lafayette, and they only know me as female. They know you as Jennifer. They know me as Jennifer. And that that probably just is the best feeling. Yes. When you walk in, hey Jennifer. That's right. And that's it. That's it. That's, that's what all I want. there is to that's it. That's all I want. Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome though. <laughs> yeah. no. Now, 
okay, so the bottom surgery intrigues uh -huh. me. I'm not going to ask go you ahead. to go into detail about it, but does that hurt? I mean, is it horrible? I had a surgery. double mastectomy, <laughs> and I mean, but it wasn't as bad of a surgery as I would have thought, and people made it out to be. So that I can't even imagine. It was I it had horrible? to show up at the hospital at 5:30 Tuesday morning, December 18th. I got down into the surgery room, pre-op room, and gotten all changed and ready. They took me in about 8, 8.15. I was on the table for five hours. Two days bed rest. Four days in the hospital. A week at a hotel before I made it home. So, yes. It is a... It's not just a simple nip and tuck like I tell everybody. I keep telling everybody, it's just simple nip and tuck. <laughs> and then you go through it and you're like, oh, I lied, I lied. <laughs> now, do you have feeling? I'm getting feeling. Are you? See, with, okay, so again, back to my double mastectomy, they cut the nerves. Yeah. So I don't really have feeling up here. Somebody actually grabbed me the other day joking around. Was acting like they were grabbing my boobs, and I was like, I didn't even feel they had any, and I was like, so I didn't know if I get little shots of electricity, mm -hmm. and that's the nerves growing back. The surgeon did a very wonderful job. I call her an artist more than a surgeon because she did a very very nice job. Uh, there was some bleeding, of course, yeah. but it was done within two weeks. There's there was some swelling, there was some bruising, oh, I'm sure so on and so forth, but it's healed very nicely so far. And it's yeah. totally functional. Totally functional. That just blows my mind. Yeah. Technology yeah. is just, and science and everything, it just, wow. I would have never believed it. Forty years ago, I would have never believed I could have ever had that surgery. Forty years ago, you probably never thought there was a way that you would be sitting here as Jennifer either, though. I laid in bed and prayed. That's... That somebody would turn me into the person that I should have been born as. And I told the surgeon when I was getting ready to go on the table, I said, if I die on this table, I'll be happier than I was before you wheeled me to this room. That's sad. Well, at the same time, that coming out of it is the most amazing miracle of science. Oh, yeah. You know oh, yeah. What I mean? yeah, exactly. That's sad, though. I mean, yeah. to feel that way. Just, I, 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 I hate to say I'm lucky that I feel like I was born a lesbian and that's who I am. Because I feel like that's rude. Because for you guys, though, I mean, the difference is just. We all have different crosses to bear. Wow. We Can't all imagine. have different paths to take. Yeah, for sure. We all have different hurdles to cross. Absolutely. And for some, for some genders, whether you go M to F like I have, we have certain hurdles that we have to worry about, and certain things that'll never be true. And people who are F to M are the same way. They've got certain things that they can do, certain areas where they've got the advantage that we, than we do. Mm -hmm. That's true. So are you excited to go back to work? No, it's work. I don't want to go back to work. Well, I mean, <laughs> Some that's like, that's I mean are you going to go back to work as... I'm as, enjoying as, myself. But are you going to go back to work? I probably won't push the dress. I'll probably still go with the feminine shoes and feminine socks and or stockings. I've got some feminine work pants because we're, we're in slacks. Uh, we wear a polo shirt, which is... Unisex. Yeah, unisex. I don't know how soon I'll push the makeup, but they're starting to get the hint because the hair is starting to get to the place where they 
or can tell that it's going to be female hair. But they know, so do you not think they would be okay with it? I think they would be okay. I just don't want to shock the parents too much. Oh. Mm -hmm. I worry about parents going to the school board and the school board. Yeah, you're right. Because the kids, I think, being the, the kids are fine with it. The younger age are just the yeah. kids deal with it. Yeah. Kids are very, in my thirty years of teaching now. Kids will adapt very well. Kids will overcome very well. Kids know what I who I am. I don't want to use what I am. Kids know who I am, and they just accept it. So do they call? What do they call you? They usually just call me Marshall. 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 There's no Mr., Mrs., Miss, or anything else. It's just Marshall. And that's your last name. And that's my last name. That's. Yeah. And as long as they do it with respect, that's fine with me. See, that's another thing that you. I'm, I'm very impressed by steps you've taken to make it comfortable for yourself and students. So I'm noting them because, like, for instance, using a name that's going to be the same on either side so that doesn't disrupt your dysphoria. And, you know, again, it's like you're, you do a very good job, and I think it's because of the pace you took it at, at making it comfortable for yourself and them. And I'd like to think that's, that the parents would value that if they saw that. But, again, they're not around every day, and, and I understand where that caution comes because they don't get to see everything that happens every day. And a lot of what they hear is just what the kids from school are bringing home to them. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. You don't think you, the kids are probably telling them, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. And nobody's complained. As far as I know, if anybody has gone to the school board or the administration, the superintendent, I don't know about it. That's that's good. That's you know awesome. what I mean? Yeah. They have not told me about it. That's a good thing. You know, I advised the school board and I advised the superintendent over two and a half years ago now that I this was who I was and these were the steps that I was going to take. So it took you, you did the bottom surgery first and it took you a while to do that um, in that process I mean how how hard was it to wait and wait and wait to do that surgery I was waiting on bottom surgery for two years okay and the time the first time that I talked to my therapist and said I'm interested in doing this it was a two-year process before I was finally allowed finally got together with the surgeon and we had the appointment and she did the surgery. Now part of that is that surgeon that I use, can I use her name or do you want me not to? I, I would love if you used yeah. her name. Dr. Gallagher. Uh -huh. I'd say her first name but I can't say her first name because she's from Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Gallagher was the surgeon. At IU? At IU. Okay, that's what she, I thought. Uh, that's operates out of both IU in off IUPUI campus mm -hmm. and she also works out of Espinazzi, I do yeah, because yeah, they all really strong yeah. and yeah. probably Methodist too. They all kind of yeah, yeah. So, but she is the normal surgeon, if you want to use that term, for bottom surgery. She does one probably every Tuesday. That wow. many Tuesday is her bottom surgery day. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to have your schedule. That's yeah, right. <laughs> but she does one every week. I think average. so. Wow. I think so. So like, so you obviously worked very close with her throughout mm -hmm. all of this. Um, so, I mean, is that like kind of like a relationship of support for you as well then, mm -hmm. too? Just because, I imagine, it's, you know, it's like you kind of get used to the surgeon as being kind of support, especially when you are taking on like a gender reassignment surgery. Do you still go to your counselor? Yes, I'm still required to go to my counselor twice a year. I've oh, got to go it. to my 
primary physician twice a year. I'm still on estrogen and will be for the rest of my life. Uh, I still go to Trans Indy, which is one of the trans groups here in town. There's also a trans group out by where I'm working that I'm going to try to get involved with. I still try to do panels down at IU for the trans communities. They're kind of tough sometimes getting off work mm -hmm. so that I can go, but I yeah. still try to be a spokesman for the trans communities. That's good. Yeah. I, I appreciate that you do that and you try to get out and talk about it. Mm -hmm. And we really appreciate you coming in and explaining it. That's because, no problem. I mean, I never realized until just recently, I mean, they even did a bottom surgery. Oh, yeah. I mean, when did that even come around? I don't, I think Dr. Gallagher's only been in town for about a year, year and a half that she's been actually doing the bottom surgery. I don't know how long that it's been since they actually started the bottom surgery. I want to say the 1950s is when the bottom surgery started. Wow. But I don't know for sure. I didn't even know until recently I had ever heard of it. Well, see, I'm just thinking if they started back then, how much technology has evolved? Like, that must, that must be a really efficient, I say efficient not in speed, but like in, in accomplishing what you want down there without getting too graphic. To do all that she did yeah. in five hours of time, I'd say she's very efficient. <laughs> I did use the right word. <laughs> she's, a, she's a vagina artist. That's she a, that's a, she's a vagina artist. And to be fair, I considered myself that, but now I don't because now I know that oh there's a God. real thing. There's a, I'm just saying, there's a real thing out there, like where if you truly are like an artist and a designer, and that's not that's not just a piece of art that's on someone's wall. That's something someone, like yeah, for the rest of their life. Yeah, no, I know. It's not like a tattoo; you can get it removed. It's cool. Oh, I nobody mean, wants to get a tattoo removed. That's okay. no, it sucks, but. I, <laughs> but we absolutely appreciate you being here because, yeah. like I, I appreciate said, being able to come and talk about it. Well, you know, great. I don't know, and a lot of people don't understand and know. So I mean, I think. The, the labels are more for other people to be comfortable because as we were kids, we always said, what's that, what's that, mm -hmm. what's that? And I think we have that desire that we need to understand what is that, what are you? Explain that to me. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I think we have that need in our culture. So that's why we're trying to do this and have people that really identify as one thing or another come in and explain how they feel about it. Because I think individual trans or bi or poly or pan or anything all feel differently yeah. well, so and you're truly i mean your your background as an educator shows in just how you speak about even your own transition and i think that just goes miles i'm incredibly glad we had you on awesome so glad to be here so i can help educate people so that people will better understand what a trans person is yeah. and that we're just trying to live our lives and feel comfortable in the body yeah. you should have been born in feel comfortable doing it mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. That's no problem. If you want to be on the show, just get to our website and uh, laughs.life. And um, we have Instagram, we have Facebook, and YouTube. Yeah. Anything else? No, that's it. We're out. All right. Thank you again. No problem. Thank you for having me. This has been Gaze of Our Lives. Make sure to check out the gaze online at www.laughs.life. And since Lisa and Avery don't have a lot of money, this episode has been brought Hunter to you Life by... Hunter Life CBD Dispensary for all your CBD needs. Located downtown Indianapolis at 901 North Pennsylvania Street. And make sure you tell them the gaze sent you.